0: promising season for Auburn basketball ends in heartbreak. As disappointed fans say goodbye to Greenville, a championship, Jabari Smith, and possibly Walker Kessler as well, we are all left asking what happened. Hey guys, this is Kristen Carr and I am your host for Page 8 Podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. We are going to be talking about obviously basketball and the very disappointing loss that happened versus Miami and to sort of shed light on all of it. I have Dylan Fox and Casey Barry here and we are going to be just sort of discussing generally why this loss happened, why the drop off at the end of the season for the Tigers and just generally speaking, a lot of people are disappointed. So,
1: uh Casey, I'll I'll hand it to you. Thank you. Um I think that the first really surprising thing was we saw in the first couple minutes of the game was Walker Kessler sitting on the bench. We saw him get two fouls in the first couple minutes of the game, and I really think think that him in foul trouble early affected their turnovers. You know, even though Auburn did out rebound Miami by eight, um, their rim projection I just feel like wasn't there. Their turnovers were sloppy, and so I really think that was one of the biggest kind of impacts of the game, especially from a fan perspective.
0: Yeah, and you know Walker Kessler in fell trouble early. Dylan, how do you think that affected their game? And and do you feel like that maybe him being out um, affected the game plan even just from their approach in into Miami's. Um, Offense.
2: Well, 100. We we could talk all day about the impact that Walker Kessler has on the team, and you know we ha- we have been with his blocks and his block record, of course. Um, and we knew that we knew coming in that Miami would be a team that would focus more on the guard play and less uh, down low. But uh, this is something that has happened before in the season. Walker has gotten into foul trouble, be it his fault or not. But that's something you have to plan for, as a, as as, a, as Coach Pearl should have planned for. That's something that. Um, the team should have planned for as a whole. So I, I, I don't think it had the impact. I, I, I think that they should have, they sh- still should have had a plan going forward about how to win this game with or without Walker Kessler.
0: Yeah, and also considering the fact that he hasn't really been 100% um, the past few weeks. You know, he did have a bit of a shoulder issue and unsure if that really affected this game, but um, It is, you know, I feel like it would have been a good idea to maybe have a backup. And I feel like um, Jalen Williams sort of served that role um, here. I I thought he did a great job um, for the time that he was given. And they did, you know, end up sort of leaving him in and letting him do his thing because he was one of the only players that was actually clicking. Um, You know, he went uh, five of eight, you know, overall.
2: I mean, if if you're just looking for size, there is no lack of size on this team. And if that's what they you know wanted to look for, uh, you know on the bench they have that up and down the bench. Uh, there's there's plenty of height, and he doesn't have the same ability that you know they might not have the same blocking ability or offensive ability as Walker Kessler. But uh, you know they can sh- for sure fill a role.
1: Yeah, and Casey, I believe you had something on that as well. Yeah, and we also see kind of during the season as well, you know, when Walker does um, come out of the game and onto the bench, they would put Dylan Cardwell in. But we saw him, he played only 12 minutes and had zero points. So the really Im- big impact that Jalen had, I feel like kind of covered up that lack of, you know, center effort from in the, side of the paint.
0: Yeah, and I think um, as well, you know, Bruce's reaction to sort of Kessler's lack in this game was, I mean, he basically said he wasn't going to remember much of anything when it came to Kessler's play versus Miami. Um, he, he said he would go, he would really focus and remember the sort of best defensive player version of Kessler and just his consistency throughout the season, his dominance. And, you know, we haven't seen an official announcement yet on, on Kessler's future, but, Um, there's a lot of people that are saying he will, you know, be moving on to the next league, so um, that will be a big loss, I think, for Auburn next year and and definitely an area that they will look to fill and another thing that Bruce was talking about is he was really looking forward to forming um, some things around Jalen Williams um, and and the fact that he performed really well, so that'll be something to look for uh, moving forward Um, and We'll kind of switch gears and talk about guard play. Uh, I'll hand it off to you, Casey.
1: Yeah, so kind of with um, on the Miami side, we really saw that Jabari was being guarded off, basically, in the majority of the first half, and I really think this contributed to his low shot percentage during the game. We saw that he only got 3 for 16 on his field goals, which is not like Jabari at all with 10 points, which getting double digits is great and all, but for Jabari, that's, that's like an off day for him. So kind of like from the fan perspective... Um, what did you see? Kind of was like the fall of Jabari. Was it the Miami defense, or was it just he was having an off shooting day?
2: I, it's obviously a mixture of both. But again, like I said before, this has happened before. We saw it against the Mizzou, and Miami is a much better team than Mizzou in in most ways. But uh, you, you can't, uh, you know, if they if they're gonna lock off, they're gonna double team, they're gonna trap Jabari. Uh, up top and and not let him get a shot off and that's what we saw I think he said three for 16 there has to be somebody to step up uh, from from behind the arc the you know the outside shooting can't be completely uh through Jabari he can't be the only you know one who's consistent the only measure of consistency on this team
0: yeah and on Jabari you know um Bruce was saying you know my best player is 18 and they had four players that are 24 and their experience showed and I think when you look at Auburn's performance in a tournament like this, um, in just tournament play, period, experience does come into play. You can have a lot of really talented players on your team, but an 18-year-old is just not going to have that um, that experience, that game time experience that you know someone who is 24 who's been there, done that, you know, would have. And so, I think um, having you know, his age and in just that building of experience and maturity coming in, um, is really affected it as well. And, you know, with nerves, with mentality, it all comes into play in one big, you know, combination. And what, what, what would be your take on that?
2: Well, that's that's the whole balance of building a, a program. We've we've seen it with John Calipari out in Kentucky. When you have you know the best recruits in the country, we've seen it with Duke as well. Duke is a great example. They'll get the top five recruits in the country, but the next year they're all gone. You have to you have to keep refreshing that recruiting class, and and the guys who stay, the guys who aren't quite at the level, you know, just leave after their freshman year into the NBA. Uh, Those are the kind of guys that are going to win you championships. And we saw that, uh, I remember a couple years ago with Virginia, someone like Kyle Guy, someone who had been there, uh, someone who had been in the tournament before with that kind of experience.
1: And kind of going off of that as well, how you said a lot of their players were much older than ours. You see, we have Wendell, who's a sophomore, and KD, who's a sophomore. And our oldest player, Out there on the starting lineup, being Zepp, who is a senior, that's kind of like you said, the experience. And I believe they said during the game that besides Walker, who when he played for UNC, um, he was the only one who had seen like real tournament action. So I feel like the experience just really kind of outdid them. Yeah, for
0: sure. And I think also a big theme that arose in this um, in the post uh, game press conference was just this um, theme of, of you know, what did they learn as they're closing out the season? And, um, you know, I do want to focus on that a little bit as as a positive because I think there is so much to take away um, for this team. And a big thing was, you know, you had Katie Johnson saying it, Jabari saying it, Pearl saying it. It feels like family, their team, they, they love each other. They have this special bond. And, um, you know, Katie said – for me, us all being new faces, a lot of transfers, um, that played a big part into it. He said our relationship off the court was tremendous. We all get along. We hang out every day. Um, and Bruce Pearl brings us together. And then you also have Jabari saying it felt like family. It really felt like more than basketball, being around everybody. He said we gave it our all, but it just you know didn't end how we wanted it to. He said I feel like without basketball, this team will still always be together no matter what. And I think that's a good takeaway for him. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who are finding fault at him. And I think it's important to remember these these are people, these are human beings, and this is an 18-year-old who's carried 18, a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's important in our response, uh, especially with social media these days, like, let's remember these are people, these are these are just guys who, you know, they, they have this amazing relationship, they have this um, off-the-court bond, and that's really what's most important. You look at life and the big picture and everything that happens in our world. It's bigger than just sports. And sports is an amazing way to bring people together. And I, you know, I think having that takeaway and then phrasing it the way that they did, I thought that was really beautiful. Did you have anything to add?
1: Um, No, I feel like that's really good what you said and kind of going off of what Jabari said. But he, you know, him being 18 and him being so young and him possibly going to the draft, you know, as he'll be 19, that's so young but I feel like him starting off at Auburn with that Auburn family mentality kind of really showed him like it's not just about going big or going you know far and making money it's about kind of who you meet so I feel like Auburn really was you know that place for him. Yeah and he
0: said it you know many times that he would never he wouldn't if he had to go back he wouldn't choose anywhere but Auburn and he he loves Auburn he loves the experience and you know he said it that just going to college, being at college, he's so happy that he chose Auburn, and I think that's a huge, um, huge takeaway, and, you know, a great way for Auburn to recruit in the future. They can say, hey, and recruit off of Jabari, hey, this guy, you know, he might have only spent a year here, but look at the difference that it made in his life, you know?
2: Yeah, and that can make a huge, and just one player can make a huge impact on, on, you know, future recruits in a program. We saw it with Uh, Davidson and Steph Curry and how they've turned from just you know small average North Carolina school into uh, a team that's actually competitive year after year yeah absolutely
0: all right I think that's gonna um, close it out for us on basketball and just to give everyone a little bit of an update on gymnastics um, Auburn did finish third in the SEC championship this past weekend and it was right about where they were projected to land um, and they had some really bright moments I think this team will be able to really look back on and build off of and Suni finally got her 10 that she's been looking for on bars so there's a lot um, I think that this team will be able to take away from this tournament obviously not really the outcome they were hoping for and I really feel like they were capable of more but um, still an amazing performance for them and I think um, Suni has three more years y'all I think there is a lot more there and um, you know you have standouts like Sophie Groth she has been fantastic fantastic She's just a freshman. So it is not over for Auburn Gymnastics, and there's so much more there. I absolutely believe that next season they'll come back even stronger. Um, I do want to update everyone on baseball, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, Auburn went 1-2 and two in their tournament versus Ole Miss this past week. So to get a win against the number one team in the country is impressive. Um, do you think uh, – I'll, I'll address this to you, Dylan. Do you think that this was – um, sort of everything aligning perfectly or maybe a sign that things are actually really improving at Plains Park?
2: Neither. Neither. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I am under the belief that, I, I mean, when you look at uh, the stats over the weekend, uh, most of the runs were scored in that second game on Friday. It was against Derek Diamond. Derek Diamond uh, for Ole Miss... He was, I think, coming in, he had, I think, two or three good games and one pretty bad game. And then you can add another one to this. He had, he absolutely struggled for sure. Uh, just looking at it, um, yeah, 2.58 whip, 13.5 ERA over three, three and a third. That's, uh, that's, a, that's just a bad pitching performance. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is, you know, the offense, you know, in total, if, if you look at it, Blake Rambush, Sonny D, Kaysen Howell uh, had a heck of a weekend. Uh, looking at 12 total bases for Blake Rambush in a three game stretch, uh, you know, 857 on the slugging line. That's, that's really impressive. Um, the pitching as well, I mean, despite letting up a, a ton of runs, uh, I'm looking at the total, it was 32 or 33 runs uh, that Ole Miss scored this weekend. If you look at it, there was only twenty-one earned, twelve unearned runs in three in three games. That comes from eight errors. That's that's not going to work for the rest of this SEC season. That's going to be the issue going forward. Is that we've talked about uh, the defense and how good they've been all year, but you know eight nine errors in a weekend just will not work for this team.
0: Yeah, I think um, they're definitely going to need to clean that up a bit, especially because. SEC play is always so strong. This league is always so strong. So they really are going to have to bring their A game in that area. Um, you know, you mentioned the pitching improving. Um, w- do you feel like that's a, a little bit of a bright um, bright spot for them in this, um, I guess, in this particular series? Did
2: you choose that word on purpose? Bright spot? Trace bright? Because, uh, honestly, that, that works out pretty well. I mean, he... He did struggle a little bit, I will say. Uh, the six point two three ERA. He only pitched. He only went four and a third. The starters didn't go as long as they wanted to. But again, three earned in and six six runs. So three unearned runs for him. Uh, that's not going to work out. And uh, honestly, going forward, I think you know letting up only fifteen walks, drawing twenty, but only letting up fifteen walks to probably the best offense in the country. Yeah, I would be pretty hopeful going into the rest of the season, as you mentioned. SEC. This is the strongest, uh, strongest conference in the country. But uh, you know, going forward and saying, you know, is this the best offense that we that they have to face? Uh, I think it it can only get better for them.
0: Yeah, and then they'll they will have a game against um, South Alabama next, and then they'll also have um, their their big series is going to be their Texas A and M. Um, what do you sort of project? You feel like that weekend will go. Um, or that series will go?
2: It's it's going to be completely up to the starting pitchers. If they can go deep, if they can be consistent, if they can get the defense to, to operate behind them, uh, that will be a huge decider in the series. Uh, Trace Bright, uh, Hayden Mullins had a great start uh, on on Friday. Um, and Mason Barnett didn't do as well, but... Uh, going forward, I think that's going to be the, the big key is how far can the starters go and still be effective? And that's going to make a big impact. So, if they can do that, they can easily take two or three games off. They can easily get a sweep of this team. They have the offense to do it. It's just going to be how far can these starting pitchers be effective?
0: Yeah. And then, as well, you know, if they can continue that pitching that they're doing better at, and then also, like you were mentioning earlier, those errors. They have to clean that up. I think if they can continue the momentum that they've got on offense, then you know they do actually have a chance uh, to to do really well against this team. And it'll it will be away, um, so you know we'll get to see how they play out um, in a away SEC game. Um, so that'll be interesting and fun to watch. But um, is there anything else that you wanted to add on that?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, just taking a second look at it, uh, a lot of those errors uh, kind of combined with the wild pitches. So I, I guess some of, the, some of that blame can be you know, put on the pitchers, but uh, it's all about just staying focused for them.
0: All right. Casey, did you have anything you wanted to add?
1: No, I think he summed it up really well, and I hope to see them, you know, kind of improve and step out of those really big errors against Texas A&M.
0: All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate your support. And if you like our content, check out our other podcasts, check out our articles. We have new articles we put out every single day. Um, so make sure to take a look at those and thank you guys so much. We'll see you all next week.